like this is already, isn't it? One hour of freedom and liberty and vibrancy. I love it. I love it like this, don't you? Hey, next week, one hour service too. So we're going to come out. We'll all come. And then we can go home to the rugby next week as well. And it's going to be vibrant and it's going to be happy and it's going to be full. But we have got someone very special to fill in the rest of our hour tonight. And here's a very special, good-looking, vibrant young man, full of go, full of energy. Let's give a big hand to Vaughan Whitehead tonight. Thanks, everyone. Just before you sit down, as half everyone sits down, I just want you to close your eyes for a second. Just as we were worshipping, I just saw a picture. I saw a picture of a, a big picnic mat lied out on, on just on a, on a grass um, field. And I just saw, as I saw the, the picture of the picture mat, I just saw there's all sorts of food. Uh, I said a mat, a blanket, a rug, whatever you call it. I saw all sorts of food around the rug. And you know, sometimes in, you see different movies where there's big families and there's a big spread put out before them. And what happens is when they, they, they say grace and then everyone's into it, there's hands flying everywhere and people are just going for the food that they want, wanting to, draw, uh, to, to just grab the food that, that, that they want. I just think tonight, as I see that in the spirit, that there's a picnic rug there, that as we come to church, you know, the Bible says that our God is a God of abundance, that everything that we need, or would want is in him and he puts it he just he lays it out before us as we come to um, come to church and as we worship and as we as we just give ourselves to him and tonight the question is what do you need of him what do you want from him it's there for you if you're willing to step out and receive it by faith tonight I just sense that, that tonight that there's people here with genuine needs. And what happens, sometimes we come to church, sometimes we come and we just, we just do the church system, we do the church thing without realizing that God wants to engage us. He wants to engage us at a personal level. And so when we come to church, if we come, we engage ourselves and we draw near to God, what happens is that we're, we have access, we have access to the heavenly realms where we can draw down whatever we need. So Father, by faith now, by faith, Lord, as a church, Lord, each one individually. Lord, we look to you now, and by faith, Lord, Lord, we, just, we become aware, Lord, of the needs in our lives, Lord, of the hunger, of the desires in our life, Father, Lord, for the things that you want to give us. And by faith, Lord, we, just, we take those now. We receive, Lord, and we take that now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. That's good. Good start. Okay, um, grab a seat. You know, I just... There's just the, I mean, I love what Pastor Lynn shared this morning, and, and I was a bit concerned she was going to steal some of my message, but it's all good, it's all good. But, um, you know, there's just a, I just sense, and I'm just become more aware, of just of the love that God has for His people. You know, God, He is so passionate, He is so hungry for intimacy with each one of us on a personal level. You know, what happens, I, I just, I, I see it over and over again, what happens is, often we come to church and we can be, we can be dulled into just doing the church thing. We can, just, we can just do the routine thing, come, we lift our hands, we worship, and our, our mind can drift off, and, and sometimes our heart isn't even engaged with Him. And God is a God who wants to engage us on a personal level. I would just remember one time, not so long ago, I was walking into town to grab some lunch, and I was just thinking, I was thinking this thought of how, how good, how, I just love, I just, God, I just love serving you. And what happened in that thought, it went to another thought which said, you know, I, I love God because of all the good things that come in my life. And then it went to another thought, oh, I almost feel bad about that because, because um, it's almost like I'm in it for what I can get from God. And, and, then, and, and then another, just a flow of thoughts, and I don't know, maybe it's just something random happening. 
maybe probably the Holy Ghost as well. But, but what happened was, the thought was, I wonder what it would be like to be God's friend. There's two people in the Bible who stand out to me because of the relationship they had with God. You know, one of those was Abraham. In, um, in Isaiah 41, it says, But you, Israel, my servant Jacob, whom I have chosen, you descendants of Abraham, my friend. You know, in the Bible, God called Abraham his friend. Abraham had a special relationship with God that God was able to call him his friend. There was a closeness. There was an intimacy there. And and what it was, there there was a sharing of heart stuff. Not only would Abraham be able to talk to God, but God saw Abraham as his friend. He was able to confide in Abraham and share stuff with him. You know, there was Moses as well. In Exodus 33, the Bible says, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks with a friend. And I thought to myself, what would it be like to be known as the friend of God? What would my walk with God look like if I was known as God's friend? You know, it's just, it's just God desires intimacy with his people. And I've just got three points tonight. The first point I want to make is, is just that, is that God is a God who longs for intimacy. He longs for personal relationship with each one of you sitting there. It's not a, I mean, it's a corporate thing where God loves his church, but he's deeply interested in each one of you each one of you sitting here. You know, the Bible says that he knows us better than what we know ourselves. So that means that he even knows the number of hairs that are on your head. The Bible says he, he knows how many hairs are on our head. Um, and so I'm thinking around, I'm thinking, my goodness, how many hairs have I lost today? Well, God knows that, you know. I mean, there's, um, I mean, I, 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 I just, sometimes my mind goes a bit off. And I, and I was thinking, I wonder how many hairs are on my arm. God knows. And my kids would say way too much, but, you know, that's the way it goes. Um, but, you know, God knows us that much. You know, another thing about that is, is that you know, our future is mapped out. God sees our future. He sees our future mapped out. He knows the decisions we're going to make. He knows the places we're going to go to. But, you know, more than that, God, he doesn't want to be an observer of the lives that we live. He wants to be a participator in our life. He wants to walk with us and be with us in the tough times and in the good times. The question is, are we as a people willing to open our hearts and to allow him to come in and to allow him to have that personal access into our lives? You know, James chapter 4, verse 8, one of my favorite scriptures. Probably um, the leaders in our Impact Kids team are probably totally sick of the scripture because I just I pray it all the time and I declare it all the time. It says that, if, oh, it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to us. So we... We can come closer to God. We can make a decision to come closer to God, and He will come closer to us. And I was sort of, I was thinking about that, and um, and I was thinking, well, I mean, and this used to really give me a problem when I was a young Christian, because I always saw God as being one who sits on a throne in heaven. And in fact, I was reading a book the other day of, of this lady who had lots of lots of different encounters with God, of taking her to heaven and showing her lots of stuff in heaven, and and had, had commissioned her to write a book about those experiences. A, a very cool book. And I remember one thing that stuck out to me, or stood out to me, was that she said that that God dwells in the third heaven. He sits on his throne there, and the third heaven is just above the earth's atmosphere. And I've, that sort of that sort of frazzled my brains a bit. I sort of, uh, and I, that's okay. I'm not going there tonight, but. What I thought, I thought to myself, you know, how do we draw closer to God? How do we draw closer to God? You know, if he's up there, if I went out the back and grabbed one of those tall ladders that reached up to these lights up here, and I climbed to the top of that ladder, would I be drawing near to God? You know, would God meet me at the top of that ladder? Would he come down and meet me at the top of that ladder if he's somewhere up there? And then, you know, you go on from there, and I went and climbed the mountain. Or even if I went up in an airplane, would God meet me in the airplane? 
I've been in a few airplanes. I'm sure God's been there, but I haven't, I haven't seen him there. I'm sure he's been there. But you know, I don't know. I, I don't know if, if he would meet me the way I think he would might meet me if I went up in the airplane. But the Bible says, you know, that, that God is a spirit. That true worship is a worship of the spirit and truth. And, and it's, it's the desire of God and the will of God and the way he set it up that if we're to engage God, we have to engage him at a spirit level, not at a natural, physical level. You know, what happens, you know, there's lots of things we can do to get closer to God, I guess. I guess we can just turn our thoughts to Him, and we can think about His, about his goodness and, and His kindness. We could go and open up our Bible and read the Bible and read about His promises and read about the good things He wants to do in our lives. But what happens is that that's just at a certain level, at a natural level. There's a deeper level that He wants to take us, and it's a spiritual level. He wants, to draw, he wants us to draw near to Him in a spirit way. So, I mean, how do we do that? I'll talk about something about that later. But so first point of my three points tonight is God desires intimacy with us. He desires friendship with us, and he desires us to open our hearts. Point number two, if you're writing notes, is that God has created us. He's a smart God. He's created us in such a way where deep in our lives, there is a need for intimacy and relationship with God. Each one of us Every person who's ever been created, those who are Christians, even those who don't even know of God, have been created with a deep need for relationship and intimacy with God. And so what that means is that, is that unless we come to that place of finding that relationship and walking in that, in that um, way with God, there's, it almost goes, there's a sense of unfulfillment and a sense of there must be something more than this. And there's lots of people who go through life, there must be something more than this, you know, there's many things we can chase after. Many things we can chase after to fill the desires of our hearts. It could be, I mean, I think of today, there's, there's gaming. I mean, I love gaming. I remember when I got my first computer, I longed for that computer for years and years and years, and I finally got it, and I spent hours on it. I played my games, and, and, and then, then after a while, I got tired of that, because it just didn't, I mean, it was good for a while, but then it just it, it, it wasn't so good at the end. And then I got my, my, my PlayStation. Oh, I'll tell you what, I wanted my PlayStation for a long time, and I got my PlayStation, and that was great. That filled a need for a bit. It, but it was only temporary, and then, then it was, it's pretty sad now. And I noticed even my kids aren't really into the PlayStation anymore. I mean, we've got a new computer, so that's probably something to do with it. But, you know, there's just, you know, there's lots of things we can run after. We could run after relationships. We could run after, I mean, I, I know lots of people, they enjoy, they're in Facebook, they're in, they're in this, they're in that. There's lots of things we can go after, but really, it's not, they'll never meet the true need that's in our life for intimacy with God. You know, we can, we can do those things, and they will satisfy for a bit. But after a while, just the, the appeal and, 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 the, and the thing that, that looks so attractive just, just fades away. And we're still left with that deep hole. You know, each of us, we, God's created us for intimacy. Um, there's just, and so that's point number two. Point number one, I'll repeat it again because I just like to repeat stuff, is that God, God was, sorry, God was, God, you know, he, he, um, oh, now I've lost it. What is it again? <laughs> It says, God longs for intimacy with us. That's point number one. Point number two is we were created with a need for God to be intimate with us. Point you with me so far, that's good. Point number three is that true intimacy starts when we engage God on the inside. Okay? So and if, I want to read a little bit of long scripture. So if you've got your Bible, see, I might go up on the wall. We'll see. Um, Ephesians chapter 3, 14 to 19. It says that, I pray out of his glorious riches... He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being. I'll say that again because I love that, that verse. He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being. 
so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love, it surpasses all knowledge. That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. First point I'll just make from that is that God dwells in our lives. He dwells by His Spirit. Dwells in it. He dwells in our inner being. You know, deep inside of us, at the core of where we are, God's Spirit dwells. The Bible says that we were created body, soul, and spirit. So what you see in front of you is my body, which um, um, I won't move on, but uh, <laughs> I was going to say something, but it might not have been appropriate. Um, so, but my body, inside my body is my, my soul, which then talks about all you know, my emotions, my feelings, my, my reason, my imagination, and my mind. And inside, you know, just, and inside there also is my spirit. And the Bible says it's in my spirit that God's spirit dwells. His spirit dwells in my inner being, and he dwells, hopefully, in the inner beings of everyone here in the room. Yeah. And so I can have confidence that if something's inside of me, that I have access to it. You know, the Bible says in another verse, I think it's in Corinthians, but it it says that those who are joined to the Lord are one with Him in spirit. And so those who are joined to the Lord are one with Him in spirit. And that whole thing about being joined and being uh, uh, in there, what it talks about, it talks about almost like a chemical reaction where you get two different chemicals or elements and you put them together and they become fused together and they become like a, a brand new sort of element. And so what that means is that God's Spirit, God has placed His Spirit inside of me, and that my Spirit has become joined to His Spirit, and there's no longer two spirits that are within me, but there's one Spirit, God and me together as one, two becoming one. And so what that means, it's not, only just, it's not just a little portion of God's Spirit. What it is, it's the fullness of God. It's the fullness of God. It's all of the essence of who God is. So what that means is that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of me. That Jesus, all of Jesus' or God's goodness and his peace are within me. I've got access to his peace because his peace dwells inside of me. It's not somewhere out there where it's out of reach or I can't reach it. It's in me. It's in you guys tonight. But more than that, that God's love is in me. His unconditional, totally um, huge love I'll go back to that verse. It says too that we may have the power to grasp how wide and, and, and long and high and deep is this love. It talks about in there, you know, it says that to know this love that surpasses all knowledge. I mean, I think about that. If God's love, the fullness of his love dwells inside of me, how can I grasp and how can I know? I mean, it's, 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 it doesn't make sense and, and you think about it. How, it says, I pray that you will know the love that passes all knowledge. How can you know something that passes all knowledge? I wonder that. I was reading somewhere about it, though. Just Google's great. If you ever learned something in the Bible, I tell you, Google's great. You can look Google, and I mean, there's some weird stuff on there, but there's some good stuff, too. If you, you've got an ear to what the Holy Ghost is saying, you can normally pick the good stuff. But, you know, it talks about there, about knowing His love that surpasses all knowledge. What, what it talks about, the, we, we can know something. For example, I could know that if I climbed to the top of this roof and jumped off, I'd probably break my leg. I'd know that. I mean, I think we'd all know that, wouldn't we? But if I was to climb up to the roof and jump off and break my leg, I'd really know that you break your leg because that would really hurt. I mean, you'd really know it in a different way. There's a different knowledge that comes by experience. Okay, a different knowledge that comes by experience. And it's God's will for us to experience his love. Because, you know, it, everything about God, it goes way beyond the way we can 
Um, like, like the Bible says, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are above our ways. And we can't fully comprehend the ways of God. And we can't fully comprehend the love of God. And it's not until we've experienced his love. It's not until we've come to a place where we've been able to engage his spirit with our spirit, where our hearts are open, and we're able to actually feel the love of God, and we're able to experience his love in our emotions and our feelings. It's not until we come to that place of experiencing it that we really can start to know the love of God. Now, a lot of people, they come into church, and they sing songs, and they, they worship God out of their, just out of their mind, and, and they, they may have, they have some feelings, and I'm, just, I'm guessing this, I guess, but, but they may have just, you know, a, bit, a bit of warm feelings in that. But it's not truly till you come and till you engage God with the fullness of who you are, with all of your being, that you can, that you can truly, oh man, I forgot where I was going with that, but you, you can truly, that you can truly walk in, into that and have that experience of, 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 his, of his love. You know, I just, um, I'm watching the time pass, Lynn. <laughs> um, you know, it's just, I, so point one, God desires intimacy with us. Point two, he created us with a need for intimacy with him. Point three is that to get true intimacy with God, there has to be an inner, inner connection with him. You know, as we draw close to God, he will draw close to us. You know, I mean, we can't, you can't draw to someone you can't see out there. It's way up above the earth's atmosphere somewhere. Or in the realm of the spirit, we can't even go. You know, God's come. He's come close to us. He's inside of us. I was just, I was going for a run the other day. I, I, who, who here likes going for a jog or something? Yeah, I get Peter Frame beats his horn at me every time. I, one day he'll come running with me. But I was, and I just, this thought jumped in my brain about the temple. You know, in, in the Bible, the, the Israelites, they had the, um, they had the tabernacle, and it was just God's desire to come and dwell among his people. He, he, he just, he so longs for intimacy that even the Israelites who didn't really know him, he desired to dwell among them. So he gave, on the mountain, he gave Moses the plans for the tabernacle, and then that became, like, in, in the time of Solomon, they built the temple and a similar sort of thing where they had the outer court had the holy place and then the most holy place. And the, other court, and, and the priests would come into that place and the priests would do their priestly service in the tabernacle or in the temple. And so and, and it's all the different things. There was like the, the, uh, the big altar out the front where they did the burnt offerings and, and, the, and, the, and the, that was in the outer court. And in the holy place, they had like the candlesticks and the, the bread of the presents and, and there was one other thing in there which is just gone for me at the moment. That's okay. Um, and then, and so, and the priests would come and do that. And then in the most holy place, they had the Ark of the Covenant and God's presence was, was in that place. They had the, they had the, was, they had the Sherebin sort of over the Ark and, and in there, the Ten Commandments are in there. And the Bible says that only the high priest had access to the most holy place or the holy of holies. Only the high priest could go into that place. And, that, and there was a big curtain that separated the holy place from the holy of holies. And the high priest was able to go in there once a year. And as he went into the temple, what would happen, it was, a, it was like an inward thing. He would go in from the outer court into the holy place and then into the holy of holies. And he would, as he went into the holy of holies, God's presence would come down. And so the Bible tells us that when Jesus died, that curtain was ripped. And all of a sudden, there was access, to, to, there, was, there was greater access into that place. The Bible says, I haven't even got it here, but it talks about us being, talks about each of us, our bodies being the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Bible calls, and the Bible also says that in Revelations chapter 1, verse 6, I think, that we're called as priests. God calls us the priests today, that we're the ones that can engage in the priestly service, and that, that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so in the same way that the high priest was able to go into the temple through the Holy of Holies, 
or through the holy place into the holy of holies and engage with the presence of God, we're able to do the same thing. And the question is, how do we do that? And, and to be honest, I don't, have, I don't have all the answers. But I do know from experience that when I come to church and when I even engage God at home, as I come before God, if I don't do the, the church thing, I say the church thing or the religious thing where I, I just follow a set pattern, but if I just come to God and I just pour out all that I have before him. So if I'm singing a song, if it's worship at church, I'm not only singing with my, my head, I'm not only singing with my mouth, but it's out of everything that I am. I'm just giving God my all. I just, I'm just pouring it out. And Lynn talked about the, the verse, I was going to use that verse, but deep to deep in the waterfalls of God and all that. I saw that verse the other day, but I thought I wouldn't use it again. No, 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 no. But, but, but just the whole thing, as I pour out, pour out from, my, from, my, from the depths of my being and everything I am to God, and God, I just love you. And I love you with all that I am, with all all of my strength, all of my love, as I pour that out, it's almost like, I don't know, I don't know what it is. It's almost like God stamps his approval on that and his presence comes down. There's an infilling and there's just a, a bubbling up within me. But just even if I'm doing it at home, or wherever, we, we all sense it here when, when different people, when we do it as a church corporately, the presence of God comes and God's presence comes down. You know, it's something I stumbled across. I stumbled across that when I come to God and I come to Him with all that I am, even when I pray, even when I worship, then what there is is an unlocking within me. And it's almost like all of a sudden I'm tapping into the presence of God that's within me in my inner being. I see too many people come to church and they come half-heartedly. They come and they and they sort of, with half their mind, they're worshiping God, but the other half of their mind, they're conscious of the people around them. They're conscious of the way, maybe the way they look or the way they appear to others. And, and, and so they're double-minded. But God wants us to come and give us, He wants all of us during that time of worship. You know, and there's many ways we can worship God, but He wants all of us. As we come with all of our being, all of our strength, you know, the Bible says that the greatest commandment in the Bible is to love the Lord our God with all of our heart all of our mind and all of our strength, with every part of us. As we do that, there's, we, there's the ability, the, uh, uh, just, it's my experience, and there's, I mean, there's lots of keys, like Pastor Lynn said this one, lots of keys, but it's my experience that as we come and give God our best, there's, there's an unlocking within us. And, and the curtain that would be, that would be over um, the, from, I guess, the, 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 you know, the curtain over from the holy place to the, to the holy of holies, where the presence of God is, it's almost like as you give God your best, you walk behind that curtain, and there's just God's presence that you walk into. There's just a, I'm convinced in myself, I'm just convinced that God's heart is just burning with an increased passion for his people. He's burning with an increased passion, and he's looking for a people who will respond. The problem is, is that many people who just do the church thing, after a while their hearts grow cold towards him. And I find that the church is not meeting my needs anymore because it's just a disengagement. But as we take, as we take it on ourselves, God, you want intimacy with me. God, I need intimacy with you. God, inwardly now, I draw near to you. I draw near to you. And I have confidence and faith that what you say in your word is true. That as I draw near to you, that you come near to me. And there's an engaging with your spirit, God. You know, there's just, each one of us, God wants us. He's so passionate. He's, I, just, I just was thinking about it the other day and just thinking about it again now. He's so passionate. His heart burns. It burns of passion for us. You know, there's just, just before I finish tonight, it's just another sense as well. You know, I just made a note here. I just want to, you know, the Bible says that God draws us for loving kindness, that he, he comes 
And as we invite him into our lives, that he'll come and his spirit will dwell within us. And there's a story in the Bible of, of a shepherd who had 100 sheep. And the, and, he, and the shepherd loved the sheep. The shepherd always loved the sheep. And so what happened was he took the sheep out into the field. And, and then at the end of the day, he realized he, he did a count of his sheep. And there were only 99 sheep there. And as much as the shepherd loved those 99 sheep, there was one sheep missing. And the shepherd's heart went out for that one missing sheep. As much as he loved the 99 that were there with him, his heart went out for the one missing sheep. You know, there might be some people in the building tonight who have never made a decision to receive Jesus into their life, who have never made a decision to, to welcome God in. And as much as God's love is in this place, and he loves us so much, God's heart goes out to those who don't know him. Tonight I want to give you an invitation. You know, becoming a Christian, I, I remember, I remember where, um, when I first became a Christian, it was a very scary thing for me because I thought God was going to come and change the way that I had to live. That all of a sudden I'd have to stop doing all this stuff and I'd have to start doing all this stuff and I didn't want to do that stuff and I really enjoyed doing this stuff and I thought, I don't want to do that. But it's not about doing this and doing that. You know, God doesn't demand that of us. He just wants relationship. He just wants to come and be a part of our lives. So if you don't know God tonight, if you've never made a decision to receive Jesus into your life, then tonight could be the night for you, if you're willing. Now, God is looking for people who will respond. Would you be willing to respond to God tonight? Can I just get everyone to close your eyes, please? Would you be willing to respond to God tonight? You know, becoming a Christian, inviting Jesus into your life is a very simple thing. All we have to do is confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts. And the Bible says that we've become born again. It means we've become a Christian. It means that something inside of us comes alive as the Holy Spirit would come in. You know, God, He will He will turn your life around. He will turn your life around if you're willing to accept Him. You know, He will, He He, he doesn't, He doesn't, He's not a hard taskmaster. He just wants to come and pour His love into your life and to help you with the things that you struggle with. Is there anyone here tonight? Who'd like to make the decision? If it is, I'd like you just to put your hand up and you can put it back down again. Anyone tonight? Sometimes it can be it can be a scary thing. And that's okay. But you know, God's at the end of that scary thing. And it all works good and it all works out good in the end. So if there's anyone tonight, just give you one more opportunity. Because God's heart goes out to you tonight. Just a sense that there would be others in the room. And as I've spoken, you know, I, before I spoke, I just saw another picture. And I just, it was just for, for me. And I just saw a picture of a, of a, um, a big tractor for plow going through a field. And I saw the, 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 the soil be turned over. And what was previously hard became soft. And I saw the, the, the soil putting seeds into that soil. And as I shared tonight, I just believe that, that God's word's gone out. And it's not, it's not so much me. It's just the Holy Spirit just impressing, impressing on your hearts just a need and just making you aware just of areas of coldness and areas where that you just you, you've drawn back and, and you just haven't you haven't let God in and you haven't gone after God yourself we just have the music team up now I just don't know what I meant to say <laughs> but just in that place what we're going to do is, is we're going to we're just going to sing one last song and, and I want to encourage everyone to come up to the front just so we sing the last song. Let's just engage God. Let's just engage God with, 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 the, with everything that we are. Let's just not, just not sing a song. Let's not do the church thing where we sing our last song and walk out of here. 
No, he's, he's way more important than that. And if you're one of those people who God has been just, just impressing on your heart tonight, as you come before him up the front here, just make your heart right again. Let God come in and engage him again. Yeah. So this will come up the front. This will come up the front. And um, come on, let's go. Let's, let's do it as a church. Come on, let's not hold back. Just to be singing the last song. Let's just make you know there's lots of things going on tonight. There's, there's, there's rugby and all that sort of stuff. It's all exciting. But nothing compares God's presence. Let's value it. Let's put value on it. Let's make it. There's lots of people here. I mean, at the front here, there is. Let's make it you and God tonight. Father, we just pray right now as we come before you. We just thank you, Lord, that you are the God that draws us with loving kindness. That you don't come to judge, Lord. You don't come, Lord, to, Lord you don't come, Lord, to accuse, Father. But, Lord, you're the God that, that forgives us, Father. Your word says that you are the gracious and compassionate God. The God that is slow to anger, but who abounds in love and faithfulness, Lord. We come before our loving Father tonight, Lord. We just come one-on-one with you, Lord. We shut out everyone else in this place, Lord, just at this time. And we just thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you love us, Lord, so much and that you desire intimacy. And we open ourselves to you now.